politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard and fight for our liberties. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at Blaze TV, CR Podcast. Another terrific week in broadcast. Now, I will be out on Tuesday, so it'll be a little shorter week. And I'm actually pre-recording Monday's show, so for me, it's early Sunday, May 16th. And folks, it is kind of a surreal time. I must say, I did not see this coming. I did not see such a quick turnaround. The remarkable turnabout in Biden, Fauci, CDC. Well, I mean, Biden is just a dead carcass, but you know, the people propping him up, that they would suddenly ditch most of the mask and corona fascism. Now, I want to unpack today what they are and aren't doing, where I think this is coming from, where I think it's headed, but more importantly, the lessons that we need to glean from this and the action items we need to take. Because this is, it's not, first of all, it's not fully over. Some things might be trial balloons like with the satanic masking of kids, even as they unmask adults. But even if it is completely over with, we've said many times they want to do it for the flu. This is the new baseline. This is not freedom. Freedom means you could do something because you have a God-given right, not because for now the masters will allow you to do it. You didn't get your freedom back. You got a particular, you know, I don't want to call it a convenience, but ability to breathe, but you didn't get your freedom back. You are still dependent on them for every whim and every breath you take. This is almost like the surprise Confederate win at Manassas when, you know, you could savor the victory or you could realize, dude, we are still outgunned out men. We're still screwed if we don't take that victory and go for broke and like Stonewall Jackson wanted to do to actually take Washington. So we're going to discuss all of this today, where things stand. Um, our first sponsor today, really special, betterspectacles.com. I actually just got my GoSpecs lenses from Better Spectacles. Uh, my wife did as well, and I'm really loving it. They fit better than anything I've had. I have full field of vision. Um, really excited about it. My wife loves them as well. They are now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. Again, these are the gold standard. With over 500 patents, Ronald Reagan wore Rodenstock glasses. Um, they specialize in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, uh, those who have problems with progressives. They have, with their Go Specs lenses, they've advanced algorithms with more than a million patients where they measured 7,000 points in the eye. It gives you more energy, no neck strain. I'm, I'm already feeling it now. So go to go go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. Um, you don't have to leave your house. Remember now, even with dropping the mask mandate, the doctors are still keeping it, to my knowledge. So you get a 
you know, best trained opticians in the country, but you could do it um, over the computer. They're offering my audience an introductory 61% off their Go Specs lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. I'm telling you, my only problem with it is my wife is so into it now that I don't get to see her beautiful eyes. <laughs> you know, I always hated when she wore glasses because then I, I didn't get to see her eyes, but uh, she really does like them a lot better than anything she's had. Um, and I like mine as well. Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So for folks, I know I'm always the guy warning that this is worse than you think. It's still bad. There's still work to be done. Here's what we need to do. And, and that is what I'm going to say. But I do want to savor the moment and just, you know, give a shout out to God. <laughs> Something we often forget. At the end of the day, God answered our prayers. Um, you know, as much as their motivations are horrendous, their flip-flop completely demonstrates how they were looking on the backside of the microscope all the time, the entire time this was a fraud. Certainly what they want to continue doing with kids. But I do think this demonstrates sometimes we look and it feel, feels so dark. Oh my gosh, this will never end. Proverbs 21, a king's heart is like rivers of water in the Lord's hand. Wherever he wishes, he turns it. And at the end of the day, you know, as quickly as this shockingly became an obsession, almost as quickly as it turning off. Again, it's not going to be everywhere, every place, every person, but, and, and it should have been done, it should have never gotten off the ground, and even if you believe in their nonsense, it should have been done in February, March, when anyone who wanted to have a vaccine was vaccinated. But once they didn't do it, we thought it would go on forever, and suddenly, you know, it just flips. And again, I'll talk about why I think it's happening, but at the end of the day, it's it's God. And I think it's just something that we need to remember in our own lives, personally and also politically, with many other issues. Ultimately, God is the one moving these people, putting absurd things in their mouth, like like Balaam, when God said, look, I'm going to put whatever is in my mouth and in your mouth um, is from me and you got to say it. So we have to remember that. It is not normal what is going on. Now, why is it happening? Take a listen to this clip from a Senate hearing. This is a question was asked by Senator Burr from North Carolina. He asked Fauci, Peter Marks of the FDA, and then um, Walensky of CDC, all three of them at a, at a panel, she, he asked them, hey, what percentage of your own employees, FDA, CDC, NIH, are vaccinated? Take a listen to what they said. Okay, this, this question, uh, I'm going to go to Dr. Fauci, Dr. Marks, and Dr. Lewinsky. Um, what percentage of the employees in your institute, your center, or your agency of your employees has been vaccinated? You know, I'm not 100% sure, Senator, but I think it's probably a little bit more than half, probably around 60%. Dr. Marks? 
I, I can't tell you the exact number, but it, it's probably in the same range. Some people vaccinated at our facility and others at uh, outside of the facility. Dr. Winsky. We're encouraging um, our employees to get vaccinated. We've been doing town halls and education seminars. Um, we have the, our staff have the option to report their vaccination status, but as you un- understand, the federal government is not requiring it, so we do not know. So, folks, you hear that? Around 50%, 60%. How about it? So these are the guys working for those agencies, and half of them didn't want to get it. So what happened was the cronies basically got a hold of Fauci and his henchmen and Walensky and said, you're basically nuking our vaccine. You're making it seem like it doesn't work. And you're making and you're not giving anyone an incentive. So there's no question that it's all about cronyism. Certainly not coming from understanding that it's inhumane, immoral, illegal, illogical to wear a mask. Certainly not coming from the cries of disabled people. People having to work long shifts. No. It's an emergency that the, the, the big pharma companies need their market share. That's where this is coming from. They tried to straddle both, and it just didn't work. So now they're headed all in the direction of it's all dependent on vaccines. It's all about the vaccines. If you're vaccinated, you could do anything. If you're not, even if you're two years old, you have to wear wear a mask. That's how they're structuring it. So this is where their thing came from. There's no question that's what it was. I I do also believe that there is a little bit, and and, and it depends what, how long they keep up the child thing for. It depends. I'm not sure. But I do wonder if a part of it is that they actually want people to forget about COVID fascism and the whole thing. If, If they... If they are completely ready to move on, I do wonder, and the coming days will tell, if they're just going to do what I originally thought, slowly, agonizingly hold on to as much as they can or try to just forget it. If it's the latter, I believe there's also an element of the gain-of-function Wuhan laboratory scandal. That it turns out our government funded this all along, and they just want people to forget about it which is why we shouldn't forget about it. We should forget about fascism and living like that, and we should live normally, but we should never forget what they've done to us, and that's what I want to talk about today. Never again. We need to continue chronicling the lies that they did, the legislation that needs to be passed to inoculate ourselves from this in the future, and we need to hold them accountable. The mistake we always make is that we move on, They're so good at knowing where that line is. They knew that people could only handle, what was it, two months of full lockdown last year. And right when there was going to be a rebellion, they let the air out of the balloon. And finally, it was shocking. It took 14 months with the mask. But finally, it got to that point, and they let let go. I think we shouldn't let it go. We should drag them back into the conversation. And expose this so it never happens again. Because believe me, it will. Now, obviously, we first have to deal with 
the problems we have in front of us. That it's not fully over. We have it. Obviously, the biggest fight right now is children. We need immediate lawsuits, unless it's just a trial balloon and they're going to let it go. But they are literally saying a two-year-old has to wear a mask, but a 90-year-old who's vaccinated doesn't. Now, let me tell you, this is satanic beyond belief. It is the worst thing imaginable. See, right now, they don't have a way of giving a carrot for the vaccine, but ensure you got the vaccine and enforce it, except for young children that, by definition, at this point, couldn't have gotten it. So to hold children hostage just because they can, because they could say, ah, well, you, I know you didn't get the vaccine. May God take revenge on behalf of our children. It is truly sick. By the way, Phil Kirpin, my buddy Phil Kirpin, ran the math. And he, he ran an analysis of the risk level of dying from COVID. And he said, let's assume the vaccines are 97% effective. They're not, but let's assume they are. 97% effective. The mortality risk for an unvaccinated child is still lower than for vaccinated adults over 30. Not over 70 or 80, over 30. Okay? That's where we are now. That is where we are. Truly shocking. Truly, truly shocking. I mean, by, by a factor, by, by, by like a mile. It's not even close. That needs to be brought immediately to a court. But there's another problem we need to get over with First, a word from our sponsor. You know, when you when you think about children being abused this way, it makes you want to explode. To bring down my blood pressure, I have a cup of wine every night. There's no better wine than what's imported from Argentina, grown on vineyards 9,000 feet up. Yes, conservativewine.com is a thing. They make world-class wine, 90-point wine there. And they are having problems with inventory down there. They're, they have gotten in shipments, but the BLM mobs of Argentina are actually sacking their areas, believe it or not. Um, people are snapping up these wines. They taste incredible. Notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather smoke, and they go great with steak. I love steak with wine. There's, there's nothing like that. Red meat, red wine. It still is my uh, Twitter handle, Red Meat Conservative. Uh, today, you guys could go to conservativewine.com and get their special shipment of wines. They want to share it with my audience. 50% off on shipping and the price. Again, conservativewine.com. And folks, you, you do need to control your blood pressure. So the other, the other thing is, number one is the children. Number two, obviously, is still hospitals, doctor's offices, airplanes. This is another thing. We, we need – I don't know. Again – you, you wonder at this pace if those dominoes will fall. I don't know, but you got to fight for it. But again, airplanes, it's, it's satanic. Again, 
airplanes are, you know, they have filter filtration systems. That's why airplanes really haven't had a problem with COVID because filtration does work. That's the funny thing. Filtration does work. Nothing to do with the masks. If you have a good filtration system, then certainly there's no excuse. But then, of course, there's the other thing is, it's kind of an eerie victory. We wonder, like, hey, is there a rope-a-dope? Like, are they lying in ambush? What's the catch? What's the catch? So the big question is, they keep saying, if you're vaccinated. So you have to start wondering if, See, the problem they had is like this. To totally require the vaccine was a hill too high to climb in America. They, you know, people weren't going to go for that. To say that, okay, so then if you're vaccinated, you still can't do anything. They, they milked that for all they can get and it just didn't go and they had to let it go. So now they have no way of enforcing it. So, you know, anyone could pretty much go without a mask. So I think what what might have been the strategy is to have the carrot before the stick. All right, get used to the freedom. But then we start monitoring who is and who is not vaccinated. I don't know if this is going to happen. But it's something we have to consider because definitely in the worst parts of the country, they are doing this. Um, This is an article from Oregon Live, the Oregonian, biggest news, the biggest online news site in Oregon. Oregon businesses that choose to offer mask-free shopping for people who are fully inoculated against COVID will likely be required to inspect each customer's vaccination card and check the dates of individual shots, a top state health official said Friday. That's the protocol the Oregon health authorities expected to adopt when it issues written guidance for businesses. In the days ahead, businesses that don't want the hassle still will be allowed to require masks regardless of vaccination status. Dr. Dean Seidlinger the state health officer and epidemiologist said verifying vaccinations will be key to ensuring the safety of customers and employees, but he acknowledged the shift in federal mask guidance marks a radical change and likely will lead to some headaches for local stores. Again, this might be a trial balloon. I don't know. But this is what the Oregon government is talking about. Um, now, look, I must say I am shocked I am shocked how the governor of Maryland and even the county executive, the city mayor here in Baltimore, is holding on to the to the garbage, but they let go. They did let go. But I will tell you, that in itself does scare me a little bit. How quickly people will just, like, move in one direction to another, like a camel with a, or a pig with a nose ring being led by a rope, Yanked in one direction, immediately yanked back, and they'll just go wherever the government goes. It's scary. That's not freedom. It, it was just as logical today as it was five weeks ago, two months ago. And it would be just as illogical as continuing it for another two months. It's all arbitrary. It should have never been done. It must never happen again. And this is really our challenge. We need never again legislation, a resolution I'm going to help draft in every county and every state government that to establish unalienable rights to life, liberty, property, 
the right to bodily integrity, the right to breathe, the right to open your business and earn a living, the right for children to go to school unmolested, stripped of their bodily integrity, to permanently bar governments from ever doing this again, to prescribe jail time for any official that tries to promulgate such a regulation. We need hearings debunking this. This is not over. You see, unlike with COVID, there is no natural immunity to fascism, to tyranny. There are no B cells or T cells or antibodies. It's not something that could stay with you. This is the profundity of what Ronald Reagan meant when he said, we're always just one generation away from losing our freedom because you can't give that over. You, could, you can't perpetuate freedom. It could be taken away at any moment. So now once they establish this is the baseline, that this is gov- what government can do to you, albeit, oh, it's no longer necessary now because we have the vaccine. Mind you, that's not even why it's over. It's because of herd immunity. There's no evidence the vaccine did any of this. But is this what we want to have? That henceforth, and again, you don't have to even imagine this. Fauci said they plan on doing this for the seasonal flu, much less a pandemic flu, like an H1N1 type of thing that would come along. And mind you, if this is the threshold to trigger such draconian child abuse against our children, remember almost anything that ever comes along. And we have these things every year to a certain extent are more disruptive to children than COVID was. So they're just going to start immediately. This is the new launch pad, and they'll only grow it from there. This is the mistake we always make as conservatives. We finally get a reprieve, and we, like, go home. No, now's the time to not just beat back the attack, but to counterattack and go on offense. We need a vaccination. Because herd immunity... And natural immunity don't work for tyranny. You need an an inoculation. We need to establish in law that this can never be done again. Establish it in the state constitutions. Federal constitution is too hard. The process is never going to happen. But depending on the state, we should be able to put some of this in state constitutions. So this is a big, big action item. We need to inoculate ourselves against this ever happening again, even if this winds up completely ending for this time. Remember, they are maintaining the right. We are now allowing you to breathe. That means they could allow us to not breathe. And remember, who could have ever envisioned this before last year? So God knows what they have in store once they say the word emergency. It could be something else. And we have surrendered our liberty. We have not gotten our liberty back. We need a resolution declaring that during any disaster, emergency that's declared by the governor or any other public health order, that no government can revoke or threaten to revoke a business license or liquor license because the business remains open, 
to revoke or threaten to revoke the occupational professional license for an employee employer that remains open to fine or sanction or to seize any funds of a business because they remain open to require a business to close, to reduce its hours, to alter its manner of business operations, or to otherwise restrict the business in its manner. And I like there's an Idaho bill that makes it that, and of course it didn't pass, but it was drafted, makes it that if a government official would try to do this, then it would retroactively terminate the entire emergency order as kind of a disincentive for them to do that. And then also on the personal side, we need to establish in a resolution and in law, county and state, and, and preferably in the state's constitution, that <clears throat> during any declared emergency or health emergency, potential outbreak, that individuals retain the right to be free and independent and maintain their inalienable and fundamental right of self-determination bodily integrity to make their own health decisions including but not limited to the right to refuse medical treatments or procedures or devices testing physical or mental examinations vaccination experimental procedures or protocols collection of specimens participation in tracking or tracing programs wearing of masks maintenance of a measured distance then voluntary sharing of personal data or medical information and any other recommended or mandated health-related measure. That needs to be codified into law. And any quarantine or isolation of an individual who has been proven to have a disease has to be done in the least restrictive manner. We need to establish that. Now is the time to do it. You let it go and you forget. They'll pull it out with the next thing and they'll scare people. And unlike COVID, which turned out to be real, you might have something that's totally fake. You know, there's always a rumor, oh, we we think this is going to spread. Just based on that, they could start this up all over again. Believe me, I would love to never talk about this for the rest of my life. We have many, many other battles to fight, not the least of which is the criminality in this country and the border and the communism, dependency and inflation. Foreign policy now is insane. But, and ultimately we need secession. We need a two-state solution. But this is something we must do. We cannot allow this to go on. Now, another important action item I wanted to share with you as well. Now, it could be within a few days all the dominoes will fall. But as it stands now, there are businesses that are keeping it and there are ones that aren't. Walmart is dropping it. Home Depot and Target and Kroger and Walgreens, those are just a few I've seen saying they're going to continue it. So now's the time to start organizing boycotts. See, until now, it was too hard. It was 100%. There was nowhere to go. This is going to create a good market. We need to start hitting them where it hurts. So, again, 
there's a lot of good news, but when you have such a weak hand that we have, when we're so beaten down by government for so long, we can't afford to just get a reprieve. You have to counterattack. You have to utilize and harness that opportunity that God gives us. And it's truly, truly beautiful. God is giving us this opportunity we did not see coming so quickly. You got to strike while the iron's hot and go on offense. Everything works with a momentum, just like there was a frantic momentum when this spiraled out of control to each governor to one-up each other on being more fascist. We've got to create a momentum, a frenzy against this. And reprisals. We need to punish these people. Never forget. Never forgive. Never again. That needs to be our motto. And again, in the coming days, I want to discuss how we have this never again. How we inoculate ourselves from this ever happening again. And on other things as well. How we could use this as an opportunity to not just roll back the loss of freedom from the last 14 months, but to fight for even more freedom that we didn't have even before that. So that's just kind of my basic overview of where I see things right now. But again, I mean, thank God. Thank God that at least we're in this position. But what they're doing to children, that is something we really need to... That that I mean, for for a parent to be like, hey, look, I'm glad I don't have to wear it anymore and ship their children off seven hours a day still with it. I don't understand how a parent could look at themselves in, in, in the mirror and think that's okay. Now, folks, the other big long-term effect that we have to look towards in the future, even assuming this fascism is completely over, right, tomorrow, is we cannot forget the fact that we are going to be dealing with the effects of the fascism, the missed physical care, the emotional and mental health problems that the government needlessly induced in the population, particularly children. We're going to be dealing with that forever. And watch, as always, when they set time bombs down the road and we go and get blown up, they'll start demanding government programs to deal with them all the while never tracing them back to the original cause. And it's going to be our job to chronicle that for all of humanity and again, as best as we can, hold these vermin accountable. Let me just give you a flavor of what we're going to be seeing. An email from a listener, Emma, who is a nurse, a hospital nurse, she wrote to me, I feel obligated to enlighten you and your audience to what is going on at my hospital, as well as countless others. The fallout from lockdowns that are showing up in the hospital now are unlike anything I've ever seen and makes the COVID-19 hospitals will be overrun threat and mantra look like child's play. Over the course of the last several months, in particular in the last three nights, every bed in my hospital has been occupied, but only two of them were occupied with COVID illness. These beds are full of patients who have neglected their mental health for the last year and are now having full psychotic breaks. Patients who are attempting suicide in numbers so extreme that we do not have staff sufficient enough to sit with them one-on-one for their own safety. 
There are no mental health crisis units available for in-person counseling or consultations for placement for extended psychiatric care for these patients. Thus, they end up admitted to non-psychiatric floors and are cared for as best possible by nurses who are not trained in that specialty. Think about that. I mean, this is something that is very jarring that a nurse is going to see. You know, you typically see broken bones, kidney stones, uh, you know, trauma, car accidents, whatever it is. All of a sudden, you see a bunch of people with mental health breakdowns. She goes on. There are also patients who have let their cancer go untreated for an entire year due to fear of COVID in medical clinics based on propaganda from the media. People who a year ago had a small lump and now have tumor growth that has eaten its way through their flesh and is outside of their body. I cannot tell you the amount of patients I have had in the recent months who have been assessed, diagnosed, and discharged to hospice for things that they admittedly could have attended to a year ago but were afraid because of the media propaganda. The other elephant in the room that is the true pandemic of our times is drug and alcohol crisis. The amount of patients who are admitted to the hospital for drug and alcohol-related overdoses would astonish you. Nightly, I am guiding at least half of my patient load through one sort of life-threatening detox or another. Just two nights ago, three-quarters of our ER department hospital beds were dedicated to patients coming in for overdoses. Three-fourths. On two separate occasions, on the same shift, a car pulled into the ambulance bay, dumped an overdose patient onto the sidewalk, and drove off. We are dealing with addictions and mental health issues that are beyond the capabilities and resources of most hospitals. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is where we are. This is where we are. Think about it, folks. When a true pandemic ends, it ends. You know, it kills who it kills. People who recover, recover. But this is going to be with us forever. The excess deaths we are going to have in this country from the response to this virus are going to be spread out over years. And the quality of the society that we are depleting is immeasurable. She also brings up the fact that she, she's in South Texas and there's the border issue. In the past few months, there has been an astonishing increase in illegal immigrant patients. Again, this is never talked about. It's funny how we could shut down our breathing and American rights under the promise and threat of not overrunning hospitals, but yet you can't shut down illegal immigration out of fear for them overrunning our hospitals. This happens all the time, by the way. She says they're coming in, being brought by Border Patrol for heat strokes, Abuse injuries, injuries from the motor vehicle chases where smugglers bring people over the border en masse, right? These are the bailouts. And um, basically, she notes, as as I've heard from a number of sheriffs and, and local elected officials in the, the Del Rio sector, but, you know, this is true really everywhere along the border, that they are being prioritized over Americans. So you'll have a bunch of Americans waiting in an emergency room, which often takes a long time. And then basically you'll have Border Patrol come in there with these guys and they they get seen. So this is where we are. It's unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. It's sickening.
This is shocking, shocking what is going on. But anyway, this is the type of thing it's not over with. Suddenly they, they want to be like, okay, okay, we're done, assuming they are. I mean, again, we have the, the satanic, at least, threat to keep it with children, the masking, that is. But whether it's the fact that they're scared that the economy is going to crush the Democrats in the midterm, so they just have to end the panic, or if it's they want to ensure that we don't start investigating the Wuhan stuff, big pharma on the vaccines, they demanded this of them, whatever it is. They don't have the right to say this is over. No, it's not over. We need a Nuremberg-style trial. Because all this stuff, I mean, I feel like a broken record. What is it? It's mid-May of 2021. I was talking about this in late March of 2020. We knew, we knew all of this. There's nothing new that we've learned. Then there's another long-term effect I want to talk about that's very interesting with the mask thing. The truth be told, I don't think it's going to go away in society. There's a fascinating article that a couple friends were sending around from the Straits Times. This is a Japanese publication from April 8th, 2017. Okay, so this is more than four years ago. And they talk about, you know, spring allergy season. It was very common that people would walk the streets wearing a mask because they were scared of the pollen. But if you stay in Japan long enough, they write, you would realize that the Japanese love affair with the surgical masks goes beyond health and hygiene to the realm of psychology and even pathology. While many wear the mask as a defense against allergens, some use it as a cover-up, a shield against social situations that trigger anxiety. So, they talk about, for many people, especially women, masks are for days when they feel less attractive. Um, and it becomes like a social thing. Some Japanese wearing masks has become an addiction. This is unbelievable. Mr. Yuzo Kikamoto, who set up a professional counseling service in Kikowell in 2006, was the first to coin the term mass dependency in a paper he wrote in 2009. It's always fascinating to read this stuff before this became a political issue. But anyway, people were wearing surgical masks, not for the purposes they were intended for, he wrote, but because they had grown used to living behind the anonymity of a mask. Think about that, folks. And he talks about the situation has gotten so serious, the number of mask addicts seeking counseling at his practice has increased by 50% since 2009. Sufferers are mostly in their 30s to 40s, with women making up slightly more than half of the number, or 60%. So this is just one of the many mental illnesses that are likely going to proliferate in this country. He talked about the mask acts as a security blanket, and people with this addiction cannot talk to people without wearing a face mask. And society's acceptance of interactions behind masks perpetuates such dependency. So again, watch, watch this to continue. Now, you'll have the political hacks that just do whatever government tells them. So if government turns off the switch, they'll turn it off. There's going to be a number of people that literally are incapable of talking to another human being without it. Again, qualitatively, 
you cannot calculate the damage something like this foists upon a society. You really truly cannot. But this is where we are. This is where we are. Everything is done based on politics. This is why, see, I don't even feel happy, elated, that, wow, we could go back to normal. I mean, the mask has been one of the worst things of our lives. Because it's not. Our country is permanently destroyed. We don't have it. Which is why it doesn't mean much to me anymore. In the way it's currently constituted. We need to create a new one. They are literally still talking about masking two-year-olds in order to get them to vaccinate. This is going to be the way to grease the skids to vaccinate every child starting from a baby. Now, on Friday's show, we had Dr. Peter McCullough on, who gave a, gave a very informative briefing on the vaccines and the side effects. I just wanted to go over some of the things he said, some of the research that's out there. So, along with the false propaganda that children are at risk and need to be vaccinated, the other really dangerous lie out there is that there's no natural immunity from, you know, immunity from natural infection. And if you already had COVID, you still need the vaccine just as much as everyone else. The reality is Dr. McCullough hinted to, not only is it not necessary, and not only does it put you at risk for whatever risk level of, um, you know, serious adverse effects that there might be, but it actually might harm you more than anyone else because your system is already primed for the spike protein, and it actually could deplete your immunity. That's the literature that is out there. You know, I saw even Jordan Peterson, who's a you know very much admired by most people on the right that are suspicious of government and the corporate monopoly, suspicious of the globalists. He has a big following. But even he tweeted out, look, I'm going to get vaccinated because he, he believes his antibody levels aren't sufficient, even though he had it already. And obviously, those of you who have been listening to the show for the last 14 months understand that antibodies are not the primary defense for coronaviruses. It's T-cells. And they have been proven to last for 17 years and work against this virus, even for people who never had SARS-CoV-2. They had SARS-1, and the cross-reactivity works. So certainly, those who have SARS-2, they have better, more robust, broader immunity than just recognizing this spike protein that the vaccine gives you. If it, if it really does in the long term. So I just wanted you guys to be aware of this. The couple couple studies out there. So we talked about this before. Even in vaccine-obsessed Israel, researchers from Tel Aviv University concluded that their research, quote, puts into question the need to vaccinate recent previously infected individuals. Basically, they studied their entire country. It's a small country. They looked at everyone and tried to find reinfections. And even according to their data that the vaccine is so effective, prior infection was still more effective against severe illness, against reinfection. In fact, in the entire country, they found one supposed reinfection of someone who had already had the virus, who had died, and he was over 80 years old, so who knows what the deal was. 
if he even died from it. One person. Okay? Natural immunity is robust. And that's what that's what we're seeing throughout the world right now. Why is Canada worse than America now? They have the vaccine just like we have it. They're worse because they were better last year. They didn't get it as much for whatever reason. Now they're getting it. Everyone's going to pay the piper. There really is no correlation between better outcomes and vaccines, just like we're seeing with masks and lockdowns and things like that. It percolates until you reach the threshold. That's what it does. It was always going to do that. But then there's a lot of talk about the mutant strains, the mutations. So there's a new pre-printed study from French researchers. They basically tested three groups. Blood samples from health workers who never had the virus but got both Pfizer shots. They had a second group of healthcare workers who didn't have the shots but were previously infected mildly. And then they had a third group of patients who who got serious cases of COVID. They found no neutralization escape, meaning where basically the immunity doesn't work against the variant, meaning it's like a, it's, it escapes neutralization, could be feared concerning the two variants of concern in both populations of previously infected. Meaning both those groups, the mild and severe, it worked just as much, and basically it worked better against the mutant strains, against the South African variant in particular, than the vaccines. Okay, even mildly infected people. Folks, remember. Remember something very obvious. We don't collect convalescent plasma from vaccinated people. We collect it from previously infected people. So even if one believes the risk of side effects from the vaccine you know, is low in absolute terms, it's definitely a lot higher than the benefit of vaccinating a convalescent COVID patient, which is zero. There is no benefit. And then, of course, now there might be a harm. A University of Manchester study looked at 2,000 vaccinated adults, 26% of whom already had the virus. So you had a pool of people within there that didn't have the virus but were vaccinated, and then those that were already um, infected and recovered, but then got the vaccine. And they found, quote, prior COVID-19 infection was associated with increased risk of any side effect, as well as increased risk of severe side effects leading to hospital care. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough explained the phenomenon. Basically, if your system is already primed, this kind of turbocharges it, and it could create adverse effects. So you are more at risk. People need to know this. If you already had the the virus, there is zero benefit to getting the shot, and you are more at risk than other people for side effects if you get it. Another UK study, Raw et al., if you want to look it up, R-A-W was the... um, last name of the lead author, he found that those with prior infection reported more moderate side effects from the vaccine in almost every category. 
So they look more just at moderate ones. They're not deathly whatever. But but in terms of pain, um, swelling, fever, diarrhea, headache, fatigue, um, you know, all every category. It was striking. It was more in people that already were infected, already had a previous history with COVID. Now, again, these this study looked at the mild symptoms, which you're not going to, like, have long-term effects from them, but, you know, it's uncomfortable. So, again, why go through that? But then there's another interesting study done by Spanish researchers as well as researchers at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. They found that the second Pfizer shot, I don't know why, but this is what they found. The second Pfizer vaccine in particular might actually harm your already robust T-cell immunity. Some reason it slides you backwards. They found that in individuals, quote, in individuals with a pre-existing immunity against SARS-CoV-2, the second vaccine dose not only failed to boost to boost humoral immunity, but determines a contraction of the spike-specific T cell response. So you are screwing up their immune response. Truly unbelievable. And they therefore can they recommend that individuals with pre-existing immunity against SARS-CoV-2 should be spared the second dose of the vaccine, at least temporarily, to prevent the possible contraction of their spike-specific memory T cell immunity. So the fact that we are not even, you know, testing people for T cells before we vaccinate them is criminal. The government is not even recognizing this. Do you know on the VAERS reporting system, they don't even uh, differentiate between anyone who actually had the virus before. We need to monitor that. So we don't even have the data to monitor that. And again, these doctors like Dr. Cole and Dr. McCullough could explain it better than I could. It's not just voodoo. There is a reason for it that if you already had the virus, the way these vaccines work, it will turbocharge you. So this is definitely something to look at. And look, these are the side effects, but the efficacy, is it really that effective? We're not necessarily seeing that. I have someone just around the corner from me that their entire family got the virus after long after they had both shots. And it wasn't just like, you know, the nebulous testing. They had symptoms. And, you know, it wasn't a serious thing beyond a regular illness, a flu or a, you know, cold or whatever, but they definitely had symptoms from it. Now, again, I'm not saying that's that's dangerous or a problem. The other side, they're the ones that are panicking over even cold and flu-like symptoms. But what I am saying is we need to recognize that if the... COVID fascism and the masking is only ending because of the vaccine, not because we have inalienable rights, not because it doesn't work and it's stupid and shouldn't be done. Well, then what happens if in the coming months they're like, well, whoops, sorry. It looks like there's a lot of breakthrough infections. So maybe the vaccines aren't so helpful after after all. You have to go back to wearing masks. The point is we haven't gotten our freedoms back. It's very easy to say, look, I don't want to waste a legislative session on this. The issue's over with. Let's go on to the many, many other issues that we have to worry about, and they are certainly many. But we cannot do this. We have to establish in law and the state constitutions 
codified very clearly that we have, we maintain the rights of bodily integrity and, and the right to earn a living and open a business and emergencies and public health do not stop that. Very simple principle. So that's just what I wanted to get out to you guys before I head off for a brief downtime and I'll be back on Wednesday and look, by then things could change. Some of this stuff could be a trial balloon. But no matter what they do or don't do, all of the stuff we're talking about today are certainly necessary, the information to get out, and these legislative ideas that we need to push. Again, and we have to start naming and shaming those businesses that continue to violate human rights. So just to close it out, I want to change gears here at the very end. A lot of other stories I really want to start off the week with. And it is going to be a slow week because I'm not going to be back till Wednesday morning. But I did want to get this off my chest. Military.com, Space Force commander who got holiday call from Trump fired over comments decrying Marxism in the military. Uh, commander of a U.S. Space Force unit tasked with detecting ballistic missile launches has been fired for comments made during a podcast promoting his new book, which claims Marxist ideologies are becoming prevalent in the United States military. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew uh, Lomir, or Lomier, commander of 11th Space Warning Squadron at Buckley Air Force Base in Colorado, was relieved from his post Friday by, by Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, the head of Space Operations Command, some jerk-off. And the thing is... This is a guy that knew exactly what he was doing. He was writing a book warning about critical race theory and Marxism being promoted in the military. He knows he's ruining his career. This guy is a true hero. True, true hero. Matthew Lohmeyer, Lieutenant Colonel, sacrificed his career. We need more of this. Um, this is a guy I really want to meet, and I really admire that. You know, it's funny, you find all these phony conservatives and Republicans that earn a killing off of, you know, just the status quo. And they don't really do much. They don't sacrifice anything. They don't work to fight for us. This guy is actually warning about that. And, and it just reminds me of, even if we fully get through the COVID fascism, we're no longer the nation we were. We really weren't for a while, but the last year or two brought that out. Our military is gone. Is there even anything to fight over anymore? The military, the flag, who needs it? Why not start something new? I'm not kidding you. Tell me why not. Leave them with the transgendered military. Leave them... With the homosexual agenda, leave them with the social workers as police, leave them without the border patrol, we'll take it. And you know what? Leave them with the Marxism. And and by the way, leave them with the 30 trillion in debt. Go have it. Is it even worth fighting for anymore? I know that sounds like a depressing thought, but in many ways, it is a very liberating thought. Why should we shoulder that burden anymore? And this is what we need to think about as we thank God for what appears to be an alleviation of the fascism. How do we utilize God's blessing and maximize it to its fullest extent 
to do things that are so dramatic that it will force this resolution. Because again, it's not just COVID fascism. When you have the military as rotten as Hollywood, there really isn't much left to fight for in the country as we know it. So that's the thing. Keep emailing me. You know, I am going to be two days behind, just warning you. I'm not going to see every email. Uh, so you might want to wait till Wednesday. But again, sign up for ConAction.network. We're very close to setting up the new website, a place to donate. Um, our Liberty Strike Force teams, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to have recrimination legislation against COVID fascism. That is going to be our job, even if COVID fascism is 100% done in your area, which still, there's a lot left to be done. We have to inoculate ourselves. We have to vaccinate ourselves for the future. And that's a vaccine I'm willing to take, and you should as well. Till later this week, God bless y'all. Thank you for listening. Send this show to 50 of your friends and relatives. Now is the time to catch up on missed episodes. Um, We will be out for Tuesday. We'll be back again just one day. We'll be back again Wednesday, but I'm going to be gone for most of two days, so I'll be a little bit behind the news. Enjoy your beginning of the week. Keep the fight. Don't let your guard down.